All right, well, good morning, good morning. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord? You gotta make some noise, excited to be here. Man, it is so good to see you guys. Thank you for coming out and worshiping with us. We wanna welcome everybody to our Ashland campus as well. We are one church in two locations. So if you know anybody in the Boyd County area, we have a campus right there in Ashland. And we wanna welcome everybody watching online. Now this series we've been having some fun with. August has usually found a time of, you know, worry and anxiety and busyness. Why? Because little Johnny starts kindergarten for the very first time. Sarah's going off to high school. She went from middle school to high school and nobody wants to go back to middle school. Can I get a witness? right? Nobody wants to go there. And then maybe you're a college student, it's your first time away from home and you're a little nervous and you're anxious. So typically in August, I talk about your emotions and busyness, but I thought, man, you know, let's have some fun. Let's take some old school games that we used to play as kids and maybe you still play today and bring some practical points out of them that we could apply to our life. Last week, we looked at the game called Connect Four. Now, if this week, if you spent time in God's Word looking for the words Connect Four, Spoiler alert, it's not in there. You're not gonna find it. But however, we talked about some four principles that we use, can use from God's word to get connected into the family of God. And if you missed last week, I wanna encourage you to go back and check it out. Today, we start with the second games that people play. And I wanna see if anybody knows from crowd participation, what game are we talking about today? Jenga, that is so funny because I went back, you know, and of course I'm really not good at grammar stuff, and I went back and I watched the 1983, you should go check it out, YouTube commercial of this game. And on the game, they called it Jenga. Now I say Jenga when I play it, but I pronounce it Jenga. Where my sons and my kids, they're texting me like, Dad, it's not Jenga, it's Jenga. So if you're from here, I guess you say Jenga. If you're from the South, you call it Jenga, okay? So however you wanna play it or call it, that's up to you. Now, the story of the game goes, Leslie Scott back in the 1970s was in Africa. And she invented this game to play with the tribes and stuff. And the whole purpose of the game, obviously, is to find maybe one or two of the, of the blocks that you can pull out of it. And whoever pulls one out and it falls, obviously, loses the game. Well, in 1983, it became public, and next thing you know, this is a Jenga, is a brand that people put in their house and play. We like to play it as well, and it's fun to play. And so today, what I wanna do is ask you a very important question, building off this illustration, off this game, and it's this. What are you building your life on? All of us are building our life on something. Consciously, unconsciously, you are building your life on something. And every one of us strive to do that. Now, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that the question is, what do you build your life on? Maybe for you, maybe you build your life on your career. Maybe it's all about your career. You try to get to the top, and if you can make it to the top, oh, here's an easy one, right? You try to make it to the top, so I'm gonna build my life on my career and then a title, and I'm gonna work, work, work. I'm gonna neglect my family all before uh, maybe a paycheck, all before prestige, all because I wanna build my life. I've, I've been told my whole life I'd be good at this. I finally made it, and now I'm making it to the top. I gotta get there, so I'm gonna build my life on my career. Maybe for you, some of you, it, it's, you're so smart, you're so gifted, and, and maybe you wanna build your life on your education and the degrees that you have. If I could just get the degree, if I could just you know, put, hang it on the wall, if I could just complete this, then maybe th this, is, this is what I'm gonna build my life on. 
and you build your life on your education or, or on your, you know, smarts or whatever it may be. And maybe for you, he's like, I'm gonna build it on my checking account or my bank account, whatever's there. As long as it keeps going up, I feel good about myself. If it goes down, I feel less about myself. So I'm gonna build my life on, on, on what's in my bank account. And I look at it and I, and I just think about it because that's really what I wanna build my life on because I didn't have much growing up, so I was told I need to save a lot, so I'm trying to save everything, hoard everything, be greedy if I have to, whatever it may, but I'm gonna build my life on what brings, brings me pleasure and it's seeing that number go up and to the right. You know, maybe, maybe for you it's the accolades. You know, I never had a lot of stuff, so I gotta get stuff, and so I gotta buy stuff, and it's gotta be bigger and better and faster and shinier, and this makes me feel good. So I'm, I'm gonna build my life on, on stuff because I really didn't have anything, and so I just wanna build my life on these things. Now, we all know there's people, not that you're consciously doing this, but we strive for something. Maybe it's even deeper. Maybe it's even darker than that. Maybe you build your life on what people think about you. And what people think about me is where I find my self-worth, it's where I find my stability, and so it's called FOPO, right? The fear of other people's opinions. And so you, have, you are thinking that they are thinking something about you and you change and alter your life and your behavior because you think that they're thinking about you. Here, let me let you on a little secret, ready? No one's thinking about you. Like we have these thoughts at work. Someone didn't like my post on Facebook. Maybe they did. Was it a bad post? I don't have the right filter. Did not. Maybe I thought I'd get at least at least seven likes on this. But why? Why didn't my best friend like it? What's wrong? Why is she mad at me? And you have fear what other people are thinking about you, and no one's thinking about you, and you build your life on that. And here's the problem with this: all this is temporary. We build our life on something that's temporary, something that cannot br bring us stability. Because the moment you hear these words, I don't love you anymore, and you've built your whole life on relationships, the moment, hey, you know, we've gotta cut back on jobs, things are happening right now, and your, your department got cut, and you no longer have a job, and your whole life comes crashing down. You watch your, your retirement go up to the right, and now it's going down to the left. You're like, wait a second, my whole life, I can't retire. You built your whole life on something that's temporary. It's not stable. And you know how it goes, right? The rest of the story, we begin to find that and as we begin to build our life, we think maybe this is it, maybe I can find stability here and then your whole life comes crashing down because you built your life on something that brings no stability. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It could be how you were raised. It could be you maybe you didn't have a lot of things. Your parents said, someday when you make it, son, someday you have it, make sure you save it, make sure you keep it because we know what it's like not to have it. And they meant well for you. In fact, it's probably how you raise with your environment and your DNA, all right. right I tell people all the time, most of our problems, in fact, I'm gonna say all of your problems in your life is trauma, drama, daddy, mama issues. There was trauma in your life, there was drama in your life, or you got mama or daddy issues. And all this has shaped us. I gotta, I gotta perform, so I gotta be really good in school, and if I make a B, my whole life comes crashing down on a grade. You see what I'm saying? And we build our life on things that are not stable, that will just fall apart. And we wonder why our life comes crashing down. And so today, here's what, I have some good news for you. I just, I don't know, I feel like a man carrying a block of wood around. I just wanna preach with this in my hand. Like, I don't know, it feels, like, feels good, it feels stable. Give me some calluses, right? Come on, uh, you know. 
I, I got some good news for you today. Here's some good news. No matter what you have built your life on to this point today, no matter if you build it on your career, you build it on your finances, you build it on relationships, you build it on what people think about you, no matter what you have strived your whole entire life to build your life, the grades you get, the school and stuff, and I'm gonna be really honest with you, there is nothing wrong with you being the boss and making it to the top. There's nothing wrong with your six-figure salary. There's nothing wrong with having all the degrees and you've worked hard and you're super smart to get. There's nothing wrong to watch your bank account go up to the right. There's nothing wrong with having a nice car, living in a nice house. There's nothing wrong with having those things. The problem is when those things have you. When they have you, when you find your worth and you find your, your, your purpose and you find your stability in those things, because I'm here to tell you, they will come crashing down. And you know this, I've been there myself. What happens when your life falls apart? What happens when she walks out on you? What happens when it goes down to the right? What happens when you didn't pass? What happens when you lost? What happens in your life? You know what happens? I've said it, you've heard it said, you may have said it yourself. It wasn't until I hit rock bottom, I had to look up. And when I finally looked up, I met Jesus. I had it all. I had whatever the life could have. I had everything you could imagine because that stuff doesn't make your life happy. It may only make your life happy. In fact, it may make life easier, but it doesn't necessarily make it happy or happier. So I wanna encourage you today, here's some good news. Today, no matter who you are, where you come from, no matter what you have, little or you have a lot, because you'll find out when storms in this world comes, it comes on the just and the unjust. It comes on the poor and the wealthy. It doesn't matter who you are. Today, today, you can start building your life on Jesus today. He's the only thing that's stable. He's the only thing that's sure-footed. He's the only thing that is unmovable and unshakable in your life. And so here's what I love about this, and this is what I love about the grace of God. Guess what? Today, you get to start over. How do I know that? Because you're breathing. You're alive. God's grace and his mercy woke you up this morning, which means this. You get a mulligan for all my golf fans out there. You get a second chance. You get to start over. And before you leave here today, you can make the conscious choice. Today, no matter what I have, whether you're the boss, the leader, doesn't matter, the degrees and stuff, that's great, it's all. Today, I'm gonna begin to build my life on something that's stable. I'm gonna build my life on Jesus. I love what the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 28. Look what he says with me. He says this. He says, therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. So this is what God says. God says, look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem a firm stone, a tested stone. It's a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need never to be shaken. Now we know the prophet Isaiah is talking about Jesus, that God's gonna send Jesus, but he's gonna be the cornerstone. Now what's a cornerstone? A cornerstone, see they don't have the instrumentations that we have today. When back in the day when they used to build these buildings and stuff, they didn't have it. So what they had to do, they had to have a cornerstone. And the cornerstone was the most precious stone in the entire building process. The cornerstone had to be true, had to be plumb, had to be pure, had to be righteous, if I can say that. The, the, in, the, in the rock query, they would make sure the stone masonry, he would make sure that this stone was perfected. It was perfect with pressure temperature. It was perfect on the side. It was perfect on the front. It had to be so perfect. It had to be so true. Because if I begin to build this building, when I lay the stone, if it's off here, it's gonna be way off down there. 
So the builder had to make sure that this stone, the first stone, the first building block was the plumb line for every which way the building would be built on. And God says, I'm gonna send you a perfect stone, a precious stone, a valuable stone, a true stone, a righteous stone. And I'm so thankful God didn't give us a stone, he gave us his son. And I'm gonna give you my son, and my son is who I'm gonna begin to build the kingdom of God off of. He is the chief cornerstone. I love what Peter says in 1 Peter 2. He says, you're coming to Christ, who's the living cornerstone in God's temple. God says this, my son is gonna be the, the, the cornerstone in the temple. As I build my kingdom, my son, because he's pure, he's righteous, he's sinless. And look what he says, this is so good. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for a great honor. And you, this is us, those who put their faith in Jesus, you are living stones that God is building into a spiritual temple. You know what's so amazing about this? This is what God says. My son is the chief cornerstone in building the kingdom of God. But guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna use you. And I'm gonna build you off my son. You're gonna be the living stones that begin to build the temple and the kingdom of God. I'm gonna use you. Yes, messed up, jacked up you. I'm gonna use you to build off of Jesus to build my kingdom. God wants to use you greatly and to be part of that. Verse six, as the scripture says, I'm in placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts, anyone who builds, anyone who has faith will never be put to shame, will never have disgrace. Yes, you who recognize him, the honor that God has given him, but those who reject him, and then Peter quotes Psalms 118 here. He said, the stone, the stone that the builders rejected was not become the cornerstone, has become the cornerstone, which we know is Jesus, and he is the stone that makes people stumble the rock that makes them fall, and this is very important, we'll come back to, they stumble because they do not obey God's word. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. God says, I'm gonna give you a stone that's gonna bring strength and stability in your life. So watch this, when the storms come in, and promise you, they will come. When the storms of life come, the doctor is poor, I don't love you anymore, heartache, hard times, whatever, when they come into your life, there's only gonna be one thing that's stable. There's only gonna be one thing that gives you strength. And it's not gonna be the things that we try, the world tells us that we should build our life on. The only stability, strength you'll have in life will come from your foundation being built on Jesus. So here is the question. How do you build your life on Jesus? Like what are some, what's the practical way for me to build my life on what is stable, which is on Jesus? How do I build my, how do I do that? What are the practical steps do I take to make that happen? Well, that was all introduction. Y'all ready for the sermon? Say, so let's go. All right, here we go. Luke chapter six, one tiny little parable. One little parable, Jesus gives us the glimpse of how to build our life on the firm foundation. Look what he says in verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Why do you call me your master and do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and acts on them, I will show you what he is like. And then he compares two guys, watch this. He is like a man who's building a house. He dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And then there was the flood that came because the rivers burst against that house, and yet it could not be shaken. It was not shaken. 
Why? Because it had been built well. Verse 49, but the one who's heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And the river burst against it and it immediately collapsed and ruined that house. And the ruin in that house was great. It was utterly destroyed. Now this little parable is found also in Matthew at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, when Matthew talks about it, Matthew talks about where the house is built. It's built on the rock or it's built on the sand. You know the great hymn, right? Ours built on the rock, all other is sinking sand. Everything else in this world is sinking sand. But my hope and my house is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ. We go on, we do what the great hymn says. It's built on the rock, not on the sand. Matthew talks about where the house is built. Luke, Dr. Luke talks about how the house is built. Same land, one has a foundation, one doesn't have a foundation. So what is the key then to building a foundation on Jesus? He tells us right here in this parable. And if we're not careful, we'll read so fast through this parable and we'll miss the practical ways to build your life on Jesus. No matter where you've come from, no matter what's happened in your life, today you get to start all over and do that. You can make this choice to do it today. And the first is found in verse 47. Look what he says. Everyone who comes to me. Here's the first step of building your life on Jesus. Watch this, is that you need to come to him. You need to run to King Jesus. You need to come to, some of you right now, you're waiting for Jesus to come to you. He's waiting for you to come to him. Jesus already came to you 2,000 years ago. He came, he died, he got up of a grave so that you could have a relationship with him. Jesus has already come to you. He is waiting for you to come to him. And, and some of you say, well, pastor, I'm here today. I'm glad. And let me tell you, the only reason why you're here today is because God woke you up and drawed you to be here. That's why you're here. I'll never forget people say, people say I'll get saved when I want to get saved. No, you won't. You'll get saved when the Spirit of God has drawn you to be saved. I, I was a college student, and I went to college, and I believed there was a God, and I believed the church. I believed myself. I didn't live that way. I was, I was a hellion. I didn't live for God. I believed that he exists. I wasn't anti-church. I just didn't go to church. And here's what I said as a college student. Here's what I said. I'm gonna live my life as a college student. I'm gonna graduate. I'm gonna get a job. I'm gonna get married. And when I find me a wife, I'm gonna settle down and get in a church. And then I'll get saved. And then I'll start doing the right and live on the narrow path. I said that as a college student. But here's the reality. I'm not gonna get saved when I wanna get saved. I'll get saved only, the scripture says, when God draws me. And here's some good news. You want some good news? You would not be here today if God wasn't drawing you. Because nothing within you wakes you up and go, I just wanna get up and go listen to God's word this morning. For you to give, I don't care where you've come from, what you said, what you tried, I don't care if someone bribed you to be here today and said they'll take you out and get you some good Mexican food after the service. Whatever that may be, listen to me, God is drawing you and speaking to you or you would not even be here. And how does God draw people? It's very, very clearly. God draws people by the gospel. How are they gonna hear if no one goes. It's the gospel, it's the good news that draws your heart to him, that he came, that he died, and he got up out of the grave. That's why every single Sunday, when you come to Barrel Life Church, we're gonna preach the gospel. 
because it's the gospel is the only thing that has the power to change our lives. I can't change your life. A facility can't change your life. A service can't change your life. Only the Word of God can change your life. And that's why we focus on it every single Sunday when you come. So I'm gonna beg you, I have no shame in my game. I beg you today to give your life to Jesus, to come to Him, to run to Him. Pastor, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've tried. I don't care. Come to Jesus. Give your life to him. Well, maybe when I get cleaned up, maybe when I get better, maybe when I start acting better. No, no, no. You can't get clean until you come to Jesus. You come to him and then he begins to cleanse you. Then he begins to shape you and then you begin to follow him. You'll never be, that's one of the lies of the devil. When you get better, then you come to Jesus. You can't get better without Jesus. So you've got to come to him first. But he's already come to you. And he's waiting for you. So the first step, he says right here in 47, everyone who comes to me, you wanna build your house on a firm foundation? You got to come to me. But here's the second one. Look what he says in verse 47. Everyone who comes to me, and watch what else he says, and hears my words. We must listen to Jesus. If we're gonna build our life on Jesus, we gotta come to Jesus, but look what it says. He has to hear my words. We have to listen to Jesus. Now this listening goes way beyond just auditory perception here, just by letting it go into my ear. Listening here means I'm gonna be actively engaged in what Jesus wants to say to me. I'm gonna genuinely open up my heart and my mind, not just my ears. You know when Jesus said in his parables, he always said, or teachings, those who have ears, let them hear. Don't just open up your ear. You gotta open up your heart. When you come here on Sunday morning, do you just check it off? You know, I went to church. Okay, I feel better about myself. I came with my family. Awesome, check. Or do you walk here going, God, my heart is open. Whatever you have to say to me, say it. My ears are listening. Holy Spirit, will you speak to me today? My heart is attentive and I'm ready to hear what you have to say into my life. I'm actively engaging and seeking to understand what the Spirit of God wants to say to me. It also comes with, when you listen, also comes with an openness to change. God, that you would challenge my thoughts, you would challenge my beliefs, you would challenge my feelings. And we've all been there before, right? Like, I'm gonna listen, but I'm not gonna really change how I feel about it. You know, we, we've said this, we look at scripture and goes, well, I just don't feel that God should do this. I don't think it's right that God allowed, I don't think it's right for God to do this. And God's like, where were you when I created the heavens? Did I consult you when I flung the stars into the universe? There are gonna be things in God's word that's gonna challenge your heart and it's gonna go, I just don't know. There's still things in my life that go, God, I don't know, I, man, you must be, I don't, why did you do that? How come you did it that way? Why, why would it happen this way? And here's what I found out though, watch this. When your feelings contradicts what God's word says, God's word trumps you every single time. Because God's word is true, it's the cornerstone, it's what we build our life on. And there's things like, I just don't think it's fair, I just don't think God should do this. Well guess what, we're not God. We try to be, be God and we build our life on our own stuff that's not stable on little g gods, but that's what happens. Eventually they'll come crashing down. We must listen to his word. My wife, this week, we're doing our family devotion and 
and she found this family devotion. It's a 20-day, and our kids do it, and we do it together. And it's, it's, it's funny that she picked one on being obedient for our kids to listen to. Like, we're gonna do a family devotion. It's about obeying, right? Like little, like, you know, secret. Like, we're doing it on obedience. And we're sitting on our back porch, and I'm doing a summary of the first five days about obeying God, actively obeying God, joyfully, and obeying God, you know, without questions. And we went through Scripture and looked at different people who obeyed God quickly, because even delayed disobedience is still disobedience. And we talked about all that stuff. And then I said, does anybody really know what listening means? Because parents, we say this all the time. Why don't you just listen to me? What do we say when we tell our kids that? What we're really saying behind that is, why didn't you obey me? Do you not hear me when I say go clean your room? Do you not hear me when I say take out the trash? Do you not hear me when I say go put the stuff up? Do you not hear me? So we as parents, when we say, why don't you listen to me? Or are you not hearing me? What we're really saying behind that is, is why are you not obeying me? And what's so fascinating, when you take this Hebrew word, the, the Greek equivalent for the Hebrew, Shema, this word listening and hearing, when God speaks to hear me, O Israel, what he is implying is that when you hear me, when you listen to me, you are gonna obey me. We do this all the time as parents. Why are you not listening to me? What I'm trying to say is, why don't you do what I tell you to do? And God is saying the same thing. He says, are you really listening to me? Do you really hear what I'm saying? Because what's next in verse 47 is the secret sauce of building your life on Jesus. And it's found in verse 47. Look what it says. Those who come to me, those who hear my words, and then here it is, watch this. And those who act on my word builds their house, builds their life on the only stable thing. And here's the third and final point, is that not only do we come to Jesus and listen to Jesus, but we must obey Jesus. This is the secret sauce. This is the kicker. And you know what's so fascinating? If you're not careful, you miss it when you read this parable real fast. And we see this in verse 49. I want you to look at verse 49. Look at this with me. Both of the people came to Jesus. Both of the people listened to Jesus. Only one of them acted on it. And they built their house on the rock. Look what he says in verse 49. Look, look what he says. This is so good. But the one who has heard, he heard Jesus and has not acted, but did not obey accordingly, is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. So what's the secret sauce to building your life on a firm foundation when it comes to building your life on Jesus? It's being obedient to his word. And if you think about it, how many of us have come to Jesus? How many come in here every single Sunday and listen to Jesus, what he has to speak to you, but then we walk out of here and we never obey him. And we wonder why our houses are falling down. We wonder why our lives are crumbling. We wonder why we're unstable in our emotions, unstable in our lives. Because we'll come and go, well, I'll listen to what Jesus said, but that don't mean I'm gonna do it. 
Well, well, Pastor, what is Jesus telling me to do? What have I not obeyed? Well, I mean, we can go on and on and on through the scriptures. I mean, there's tons of stuff he's already told us to obey. Like, forgive those who hurt you and wrong you. That affects every single one of us because every one of us in here has been hurt by somebody. I ain't gonna forgive them. He walked out on me. She hurt me. They wronged me. They talked bad about me on Facebook. There is no way in the world I'm going to forgive. I, he cost me money. I'm not going to forgive that person. Or your mom and dad got divorced and you blamed one of your parents and you're saying you're mad at one of your parents and you're like, I'm not going to forgive him. Wait, 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 wait. Do you oh, I, oh, Pastor, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? You're like, I love Jesus. Like, I love Jesus. Wait, then why don't you forgive? I ain't forgiving nobody. Then you're not listening. And you wonder why your life is crumbling. Do you see this? The Bible's full of what we should love one another, pray for one another, encourage one another. Bless those who curse you. I ain't doing that. But then don't. Don't think you're going to be stable when storms come your way. Help people, bless people, be generous to people. Well, I ain't going to be generous to people. I got, you know, I was told you got to, you work hard for it. They can go get a job. I got to work hard for it. I got to save it. Got to hoard it. Got to keep it for a rainy day. Something bad man. I heard Dave Rams. He said, you got to save it, save it, save it, save it. But then the Spirit of God says, go buy them some groceries. But I don't even have groceries. But the Spirit of God says, do it. Hey, would not you go over and invite your co-worker to church with you and, and, and talk, share about your story, how her life's in? Well, I don't got time for that. I ain't got that. Are you listening to the Spirit in your life? He looked at the Pharisees. Jesus did and said, listen, man, why don't, you, why don't you take care of the poor people? You tithe your spices. The Pharisees would go to their garden and they would take their spices and they would say, okay, here's the best. Give 10% of my spices and keep these are mine. They would tithe spices out of their garden. Jesus says, that's great. I'm glad you do that, but don't neglect the other. Don't neglect mercy and justice. You've ought to tithe. He's like, ain't giving 10, 10. You know what 10% is? You know how much taxes I've got to pay? I don't got money to give no. And we wonder why our life comes crumbling down. It's not that you don't know what the scripture says to do. We just don't do it. We just don't obey him. And in this parable, it's very, very clear. There are two different types of people. And they both do the first two. They both come to Jesus. They both listen to Jesus, but only one of them obeys Jesus. And if you really want to get down, like keep going back one more layer of the secret sauce, if you really want to unpack that and be really asked the question why don't we obey Jesus you know Jesus tells us why doesn't mean you're a bad person you know why you and I don't obey Jesus at the prompting of the Holy Spirit he says the reason you don't obey me is because you really don't love me if you love me you'll keep my commandments and really behind the love if we want to go a little bit it's trust God, I don't know if I trust you with my future. I don't know if I trust you with my second marriage. I don't know if I trust you with my education. So what I've got to do, I've got to build my life on my bank account. I've got to build my life on what people think. I've got to take care of me. I've got to watch out for me. My mama told me about it. I've got to build my life on my retirement. I've got to build my life on what other people say. I've got to build my life on my education. I've got to build my life on my accolades because I don't, I don't know what if, what if you don't come through for me. So I've got to have my own security blanket. I've got to have my own trust, my own faith. And every one of these things are temporary and 
every one of them will be gone someday. Even the Bible says you work hard for all your stuff till eventually you're going to give it away or pass it down someday to somebody else. It doesn't make you a bad person that you're trying to build it. It makes you, you just don't understand it's not stable. The only thing stable is King Jesus. And so I beg you today to build, start today building your life on him. And this is what's so good. Here's this, listen, I'm not here to discourage you. I'm here to encourage you. You know what's so good about this? I'm not telling you to go home and quit your job because you're the boss. I'm not telling you to go home and liquidate your checking account and go to zero. I'm not telling you to go home and put all the stuff in your garage collecting dust on Facebook Marketplace, okay? I'm not telling you to quit your school because you're the smart and you try to get a good scholar and you're trying to be the best. I'm not saying that. I'm telling you to go home and change your posture because this is a heart issue. God, thank you that you've allowed me to have these, acquire this and get this. I'm no self-made nothing. But today, I'm gonna choose this today. I'm gonna choose to start building my life on something that's stable that cannot be shaken. And so I'm gonna refocus my life and my heart and my priorities. Thank you that I have these things. Thank you that I got a good job. Thank you that I have this, that's great. But my focus now gonna be built on you and your word. You remember we went back in 1 Peter and he says they rejected Christ and, they, and Christ is a stumbling block. What are you going to say? You know why? Because they would not obey God's word. Obedience to his word is what builds a stable life. And the good news is this, we all can do it. We all can do it because what happens when you begin to obey God, God begins to build your faith God comes through. He tells you to do something you did it, and God comes through. He tells you to do something you did it, and God comes through. It's all about building your faith and trust in Him. The things of this world may grow strangely dim in the light of His glorious face. And so today, will you begin to build your life on Jesus? I'm gonna ask you just to bow your head just for a moment. Don't be discouraged this morning. Don't sit here and beat yourself up. Shoulda, coulda, would. If I heard this message a long time ago, I may, would have not. Listen, you can't go back and change it. But today, you can begin to build your life on Jesus. And the first step towards that is you gotta come to him. And so I beg you today, give your life to Jesus. The Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Whoever you are today, would you come to Jesus? Right where you are, just, just cry out to him. Say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And today I repent of my sin, turn from my ways and give my life to you. Now help me obey you and follow you at your word for the rest of my life. Help me build my life on you. And if you pray that just in a moment, your campus pastor or host, they're gonna come out and they're gonna share with you your next steps in following Jesus. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for how relevant it is. God, I'm thankful for the little parables and the stories. I'm thankful for the little nuggets that you put in those stories. That God, we wanna be like the man who built his house on the firm foundation on the rock. We wanna come to you. God, we want to listen to you. 
Father, we want to have the courage and the faith to obey you at your word. And I pray that would be the cry of our hearts today. That Holy Spirit, you would move in our hearts, encourage us, draw us to yourself. Realizing today we can start all over. And may we begin to build on the chief cornerstone, the living cornerstone, the only true cornerstone, which is Jesus. It's in his name I ask and pray this. Amen.